Welcome to another action-packed edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who's funny, but not ha-ha funny, the Brent. <laughs> That's very true. I can't deny that. Yeah, you got that right. He ain't funny at all, let me tell you. So oh, Brent, what, wait a minute. What's I thought been going it was on funny, hey, that's what Bo told me. Funny. That's what Bo told me during the barrel. He said, that guy, Brent, dead weight. Well, <laughs> well I mean, I am weighty. That's true. But I'm, so, much, I'm very much alive right now. Give me uh, a few that's years. Your, that's your opinion. So, Brent, how's it going this week, my friend? Uh, I'm well. How about yourself? I'm fine. What was dramatic pause? Would you expect <laughs> something else to come out? This is all I've got. You just roll with it, my friend. I was waiting so, for you to get good. It just never happened. Well, Aaron, waiting. before the show starts today, I got a few things to talk about. All right. Did the show start? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is what we call a beginning. Yeah. Uh, quick update on the uh, uh, drive-in store here at my work where the driver, uh, we had a driver drive through the, into the store, full car into the store. That was awesome. Uh, uh, everything was okay. It was an accident. You know, that kind of thing's happened. Uh, she actually came to the store. Her and her husband came to the store uh, this week and brought us cookies. So I'm encouraging everyone, anyone who wants to drive right to the store and then later bring us cookies, I'm all for it. Good deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's almost worth it. Plus, heck, it wasn't your store. <laughs> well, I mean, it sort of Granted, was. Granted, she almost killed you, but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cookies. She brought, uh, <clears throat> have you ever had chocolate sugar cookies? Sounds delish. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have like normal sugar cookies, meh, right? Not, not really my thing. Chocolate yeah. sugar cookies, even though they were 160 calories per cookie. Yeah. How did you uh, know the calorie count? I obviously am not much of a uh, calorie watching guy, but even I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of calories. Now, wait a minute. How did you know the calories? Weren't these homemade they were, no, they cookies? Were, uh, they were prepackaged cookies, Aaron. So she bought you cookies. Yeah. Well, that's less interesting. Well, I, Aaron, I thought she made these cookies. Would, would you would you eat cookies from a woman that just drove through your store? I mean, <laughs> you got, you got, a, got a point there. I never thought of it that way. You might find chips of broken glass in there, or but she, uh, or she might put it, celery in there. Who knows what's going to be in those cookies? In all fairness, you know, she's a she's a uh, she's a, uh, a very sweet woman, and we yeah. had a we had a few laughs and talked for a while, so it was a good time. Next and, on and the agenda, Aaron, she'll be appearing at the demolition derby when the uh, when the state when the state fair rolls back around. That's it. That's it. So next thing we need to talk about real quick is the Dragons Layer Mini giveaway. Uh, you know, we need a graphic for this. I'm going to work on that. Uh, Look, we start have, looking like a dragon real quick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we have added two additional people uh, to the wheel of wheel of prizes. For those that don't know, uh, we are going to spin a twelve slotted wheel, give away three prizes. Uh, the third, the second runner up prize is a ARG lanyard. The first runner up prize is a, a quarter slot keychain. And the main big super prize is a Dragon's Lair Mini, fully functional, uh, from New Wave, brand new in box. It's incredibly awesome. I have one myself. I play it all the time. I have it sitting on my computer desk so I can, like, whenever a game's loading or in between transitions or travel or something, I can just turn it on, play it for a little bit. Awesome. Plus, it looks awesome. 
But the two people we added to the wheel, uh, these the winner for the uh, ARG Presents Twitch follower <clears throat> was Lam La Masta. La Masta. All right. And I was going to say Limbata. That would have no. been much more interesting. The, the, the Forbidden Dance is your winner. <laughs> and the uh, email piece suggestion, uh, the randomly selected winner from that was Olaf Hope. So, I heard of him. Congratulations. So they're, they're qualified to be on the wheel of prizes. That's correct. That is correct. Next week, just so uh, everyone knows, we are going to be choosing... A live Twitch, uh, a live Twitch watcher in chat, and a Twitter follower. So, if you are looking to get on that wheel of prizes, you can either show up tomorrow or show up next week. Be in chat. We film live at ten a.m. EST, or is it EDT? It's EST, man. EST Eastern Standard Time, yeah. And, uh, well, I, I don't know if it was daylight I'm not sure not. you're qualified to operate the Wheel of Prizes. <laughs> now that I listen to you, how many of those cookies did you eat? <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> they were delicious. Strangely delicious. Now, uh, and you could just be in, be in chat, and we're going to be picking one from that. Or, and or, don't feel restricted to just one, follow the Twitter, ARG Presents Twitter uh, run by yours truly. Don't worry, I don't spam your feed. I, I mainly post about the upcoming shows, and also you'll get the twiddler, the twiddler, the Twitter insight for which uh, occasionally I will drop little bits of knowledge only for the Twitter fans. Now, so why don't you why don't you tell everyone? Uh, I will. I'll tell them if you are interested in uh, joining up uh, with the uh, Twitch chat. The address is twitch.tv forward slash ARG or forward slash Amigos Retro Gaming. That's that's twit that's twitch.tv forward slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Yes. Uh, that will get you here. Uh, and uh, Brent, your Twitter again is what? Uh, ARG Presents. There you go. All one word. That's correct. So there you go. That'll get you in. Easy, easy money. Get qualified very simply. I will say, <clears throat> the Brent, the response to our contest this week was very nice it was last week was nice too we got tons and tons of comments and we also got tons and tons of people sending us pie piece ideas yes we're loaded we're lock stocked and ready to rock and we got tons of great ideas crap i'd never thought of in a million years from everyone so when we get when we do the wheel uh we'll make sure to acknowledge who sent that in uh so even if you didn't get qualified via your pie piece idea you still contributed greatly to the show because hey. Brent and me are devoid of ideas. We have nothing, nothing going on. <laughs> After 150 episodes, it kind of runs dry. If you hey. can see the huge bag of pie pieces I've got here in front of me, it's. I looked through these things. It was almost sickening to think that we'd looked at every single one of these. I was like, oh my God. It is, so, it's a strange feeling. Uh, so the and, Brent will be printing up newbies, I hope, this week. Yes. And if anyone's like, oh crap, I have ideas for pie pieces or for wheel pieces, I want to get that in there. Email us at argpresents at mail.com. Give yeah. us a suggestion. We'd love or to hear it. Or if you want them. to badmouth the Brent, that's also a lot. Yeah, yeah. I if you just want to say, like, man, that Aaron guy, he sure sucks. Put it on it. 
enough of that. Oh. Let's move down the line, Brent. Enough of this contest uh, baloney. Let's get to it. So, Brent, this week we spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week we're going to be looking at, oh boy, here we go. Funny games, Brent. They're funny. <laughs> They're so funny. Now, I'm going to go on record here early in the show. I had chosen a game early in the week. In fact, I chose it last Sunday. It was called A Fork in the Tail. It was a it was a full motion video game released for the PC in 97, starring the voice of Rob Schneider. So you know it's good. And this game had a rep for being straight up garbage. It was going to be hilarious. Garbage. The problem is I couldn't get it to work. Even on my vintage DOS machine with Windows, it, it didn't run right. So I had to make a quick switch. So if anyone saw that I was playing a fork in the tail, that's one of the rare times where it didn't happen, uh, Brent. Yes. Uh, we had to just we had to pick a new one, but pick a new one we did. We'll get to that in a moment. But before we got into it too deeply, uh, the Brent, I thought we would talk, have a quick discussion here about funny games that we'd come across in our uh, travels over the years. There, are there any games that jump out to you as being particularly funny that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy? Yes. In fact, my all-time favorite funny game is uh, uh, Poker Night on Steam. There's actually two of them where voices from different uh, shows, uh, for example, uh, Sam and Max or... Uh, uh, Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead or Brock from Venture Brothers. Uh, you just sit around and play poker. And they, while you're playing different types of poker, they just make quips and tell stories. And it is absolutely hilarious. I love both versions of the game. And I was going to pick that. Uh, yeah. But I thought, you know what? If I do that, Aaron's going to kill me. So I picked a game that you're definitely going to kill me over. But well, I, I'll, I'll, we'll get into your game choice here in a minute. Here's the thing with funny games, right? It's very yeah. subjective. Uh, what I think is funny might not be what you think is funny. And a lot of funny games, uh, you know, there's a lot of indie games out there that are hilarious, right? But yeah. They're they're funny for the first time, or you know, they're funny until you you see the joke. So it's hard to pick a game that is consistently funny for me. Because uh, even after you hear all the, the uh, stories on the poker game, uh, they eventually do start repeating. And, uh, and when you hear it for the second time, obviously it's not as funny. But the thing there is there are, you know, hours and hours of dialogue. So you go for a long, long time before you start hearing repeats. Well... When I think of the funny stuff, right, uh, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't necessarily like funny games that much. So it's not like I was like, I couldn't wait to, to pick one. But I, I did think of a few, and I almost picked a couple of these. Uh, there was a game out, I believe I played this thing on the PlayStation called Psychonauts. I thought it was pretty, pretty funny if you remember that. Oh, yeah, uh, it, I love it Psychonauts. Was sort of a, it I was don't a pretty think... big deal back in the day. It was, it was pretty funny. I, it is a funny um, game, yeah. I think uh, uh, a game like... Uh, I think there are games that are funny just because of what happens in them. Stuff like Worms <clears throat> comes to mind. Yeah, where it's a, it's a funny game, but also it's funny to watch your buddy get mauled. You know, uh, there are plenty of like point and click games that I'd say were in that uh, line. Absolutely, I, I would say like Monkey Island comes to mind. That's probably one of the 
in terms of being actually funny, that's a fun game that's actually amusing. Yeah. Like written by people that were that had talent in the realm of comedy. That's correct. You know, I agree. Uh, so both of those I think are pretty good. Uh, also, like uh, me and the boy got this game and I'd heard about it and I, the boy asked me to get it for him. It's called Goat Simulator. Yep. That's a, in fact, there it is on the screen it, if you're watching home. It, it is. <laughs> it's, it's funny by absurdity. Oh, yeah. But I like that's the kind of crap I like. Well, you know uh, another I, game, Aaron, that that can be funny if you want it to be funny is uh, the uh, uh, Scribble Knot series, where you choose oh, yeah. what you yeah, that what is, solves the problems. Yeah, that's a good game too. How clever is that? I incredible! That it's game. incredible. Another one that comes to mind is is that WarioWare series. You know, is that the one where it's just randomly, it's just real crazy, like mini like games, four second games? Yeah, yeah. Though, <laughs> Some of those are real funny and wacky. You Agreed. Yeah. So I, that's another one that that I that I enjoy. So you've got to, there's there are games out there that are funny. The hard the ones that are tough the ones that are uh, uh, tough to get over are where they're trying to be comedic. I think I find those more difficult to enjoy. Something like a a, a Beavis and Butthead or South Park or something. You you go in knowing it's funny time, and then they've got to deliver the ha ha. Simpsons. Simpsons, like you played a couple weeks yeah. ago. Uh, is another one you could you could put on the list if you, I mean, but you have to be into that kind of comedy and and plus I think those are a little easier to do because there's a basis for the comedy you know correct everyone knows who Cartman is or Homer you know so you expect them to be wacky you know uh, but uh, I so I would get the, I would put those on the list but I, I it's funny I didn't even consider playing any of those type of games uh, just because I didn't want to uh, you know it, I I wanted to try something that was sort of stood on its own. Uh, and, and so, of course, I, like I said, I had a feeling that Fork of the Tail would be bad, but I, it, it was supposed to be a completely comedic game. And so I'm going to revisit that one as soon as I can get it up and running. But uh, um, so do you, w- when it comes to funny games, is this a genre that you're into or do you just stumble across them occasionally? No, I I appreciate when a game adds humor. Yeah. But as for going out there and like looking to play funny games, I really, it's not really my thing. I like a game that you can make funny, uh, or there's a solid game there that is also funny. Uh, Scribble Knots really is a, a perfect example of that. That's a game that you can make funny if, you, if you're in the mood to be funny, or you can make it dark, or you can make it violent. Uh, that's my kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I do appreciate... Uh, you know, the LucasArts games, Full Throttle has some funny moments in it, some incredibly funny moments. Yeah. Uh, but those type of games... Sam and Max. I mean, those are so much yeah. uh, uh, watching, you know, you're you're playing a story, and the story is funny. It's not necessarily the game that's funny. Well, there's a lot of good writing. Like, we, we covered Indiana Jones a couple weeks ago on, on uh, Amigos. And it has it's got some real good lines in it. It's it's a real funny it's a real funny game. I find the LucasArts games to be pretty amusing. You know, really uh, the point and click adventure genre. It gives you a lot of area there to be funny. Absolutely, because not just the LucasArts stuff. There have been plenty. Simon the Sorcerer the, that series uh, that th- was funny. Uh, there there were a lot of uh, a lot of good games and uh, funny moments in them. But it's it's something when you make a game. Uh, no one expected Secret of Monkey Island to be solely based on humor. There was other adventure aspects to it, although it was more funny than most. It's hard to build a game almost exclusively on trying to be funny. Yes, and, and I would say neither one of the games we're playing are built on that, and probably most of the good games aren't. 
So there you go. I would agree. <clears throat> so, with all that being said, uh, we were tasked with choosing two games that we thought were funny, or that were supposed to be funny. Uh, and we went ahead and did it. And I'll go ahead and lead the dance this week. Uh, so, as I mentioned previously, I, the game I initially chose, uh, I couldn't I couldn't get to work. So, I went down the road uh, pretty quick. It didn't take me too long to switch over and picked a game that I had played in the past uh, with the boy, no less. And I went ahead and picked, bam, it's Gex. Gex, uh, the wacky uh, lizard, like smart, smart alecky lizard game. You uh, sure was, did, Aaron. <laughs> this was the uh, this was one of the flagship games on the 3DO when it was released. I did play the 3DO version. I, I actually own this thing uh, somewhere, and uh, this was uh, for a while. This was sort of the mascot for the 3DO uh, before he branched out. And that's we'll get into that. So let's talk about Gex, uh, published and developed by an outfit called Crystal Dynamics Incorporated. Uh, it was released in uh, 1995 for the 3DO. Uh, it got a PlayStation release. Uh, it was released on the PlayStation 3, the PSP, the Vita, the Saturn, and there was a Windows release uh, for this as well. So you had a, you had a, a broad release range, but initially this was released as like one of the big titles on the 3DO. Um, this game, uh, the concept for this game, and uh, was also and the producer of the game was a guy named Lyle Hall. This guy's done a zillion games, but the games he actually brought the concept to fruition were uh, that Scooby-Doo, Night of a Thousand Frights, 3D Baseball, and then a game I played just the other night, RoboCop versus Terminator. He also was behind Dune 2 to a certain degree, so that, that was kind of an odd uh, uh, entry there. I was surprised to see that. So, uh, Gex, as I mentioned, if you're familiar with the 3DO uh, when this thing came out, it was a pretty ballyhooed system. I don't. Do, do you remember much about 3D when it came to uh, when it came out of the gates, Brent? Were you, were you nah, too young? Flash to of the pan. That? It was here yeah. and it was gone. So, well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it, it had a it had a pretty solid following for a little while, but uh, ultimately they couldn't get the support of third party, uh, uh, you know, game makers and stuff, and it sort of sunk them a little bit. But they they had their own problems. Plus, they were try, they were talking about building. This was the system that where they licensed out the system to sell, but other people would sell it, you know, Panasonic and other people. So they had an interesting model, but what they needed was some cool games. And Gex was going to be their cool guy game. In fact, the whole concept of Gex, when they originally planned it, was to be a, have a cool game. That was what that was the, what they wanted. They want a cool game with a cool character, a, a cool guy for the 90s. And so they went to work. Uh, D Gex was voiced by a, a comedian named Dana Gould, uh, and you are uh, you play as Gex as Gex is sucked into his television by his evil adversary, and he has to go through a series of television-based uh, genre worlds to get out. That's effectively the plot. Uh, this thing was in production for quite a while. Uh, it came, they started working on it in '93. It was ex it was intended to be released in '94, but they ran into a lot of trouble. Uh, the uh, the, the this game they over they overthought what they were going to do because this is the first time that they'd programmed for the 3DO, and so they thought that it wouldn't be as hard as it was. Right. It turns out it was a lot harder to develop for the 3DO. Uh, because they had been used to doing stuff with the 16 bits. And so when they moved on to the 32 bits, they started having trouble. Uh, <clears throat> they were also developing two other 3DO games at the same time, 
which were Crash and Burn and Total Eclipse. So I own Total Eclipse as well. Uh, and these were not nearly as, uh, uh, cons- they didn't consume as many resources as Gex because they, they didn't aim as high as Gex. And the Crystal Dynamics didn't understand that you needed to add more people to the, to the Gex team to get it done because it was more of an expansive title. And so they just didn't, didn't do it. Right. And so and basically a lot of people worked on this because they just they would stick in whoever they had that had some time to kill, basically. And so <laughs> it has a lot of stuff that got left on the cutting room floor. There's an entire level that got moved into a secret level and snuck in. There's a lot of stuff that got snuck in by the people that made this game because they didn't want their work to get wasted. Right. So it's it's just a real that, that <laughs> I, I was reading how this thing came to pass. It's the darndest thing I've ever seen. They had a secret team that worked on Gex that did all the extended uh, credit scenes, a bunch of photos that are in it, a bunch of crazy stuff. One of the one of the stages in it was designed by a guy, uh, uh, a fellow named uh, Core, and they edited it without his permission. And he, because he had asked for the level to be debugged, and they, they were running so far behind, they were just like, ah, screw it. We're not going to debug it. We're just going to remove it. And oh. he'd been working on it forever. And so he left a hidden message at one of the levels that teach the player as a cheat code to get to his game stage, right? And then and he, and he tells them about, you know, basically how to do it, how to play it. So he left it in there, despite the fact that it was supposed to be taken out, you know. <laughs> and by the way, once this got found by the play tester, he, that guy was fired. Yeah. So Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> Sometimes you can get away with it. He couldn't get away with it, unfortunately. So let's talk about what is Gex. As I mentioned, Gex is a, is a, a, is a little lizard that walks around, and all he does is basically make smart L comments and, and, and during the gameplay. That's sort of the comedy part. Uh, and plus, all the worlds, as I mentioned, were basically takeoffs on on like TV genres and whatnot. Gex, the platformer Gex, Gex is a really cool character in terms of his abilities. I'm yes. not going to get into how cool he is as a character, but no. he can uh, he since he can stick to walls, he can walk upside down on walls. He can he can walk like on ceilings. He can go about anywhere. He's also got the ability on some sections of the game to to like jump into the background and walk flat on the background which is really cool yeah it reminds me a little bit of those uh, sections in mario where he jumps on a fence yeah you know and he can you can kind of see his back and his front uh and gex can still has his full range of uh, of attacks and stuff why he's like that's really neat uh as you go through the game gex can and use his tail to whip stuff he can also use his tongue to grab power-ups this game has an interesting power-up system You'll see these little balls floating around, and they'll be labeled. And the balls, and the balls will give him different powers. Like sometimes he'll get like electricity powers. Sometimes uh, he'll get these other kind of crazy powers. But you can also just tail whip the the balls and just get a, a extra health. You know, so you get to sort of make a choice how you want to use the power up. Because sometimes you might not want the power up on offer. You know, so you just you just tail whip it. Um, he also goes through and collects these like golden golden bugs or golden crickets. He can use to get an extra life. It's a it's a it's not like they didn't reinvent the wheel with the actual with the actual uh, uh, levels, but they did sort of reinvent the wheel in a lot of ways with the actual character. You really have to think in a different way when you play this game because with the ability to walk in the ceilings and stuff, they they make it so you have to like you Gex can wedge himself into places you wouldn't normally think you can go. He's also got a, a bit where he can jump like a spring on his tail 
and come down, sort of like when Mario gets heavy and smashes stuff with his rump. That right. Gex can do that. There's listen. Let's not let's not uh, uh, lie to ourselves. Gex and Mario are, are have a lot of similarities. Let's just put it that way. similar moves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and, but I mean, they do spice it up quite a bit along the way. The levels they are not. I wouldn't say they're entirely different, but they are. They do uh, do a decent job of mixing it up. I think. The first level you go to is like a, a world uh, of like horror movies, and so you're going through graveyards and crypts and stuff like that. And you're fighting zombies. <laughs> There's one character that comes at you. He's he looks like he looks like uh, Jason from Fred the Thirteenth, but he's all, he's got a Freddy claw, and he comes at you, <clears throat> which is pretty funny. There's again, there are other worlds in this aside from the uh, obviously aside from the first one. You've got the uh, cemetery world. That's the opening world. Then you've got New Toon Land. That's sort of like a Looney Tunes-based world yep. uh, that consists of five levels. Uh, then you've got Jungle Island. That's sort of like an Indiana Jones-type world uh, where like jungles and stuff. Then you've got Kung Fuville. That's like a send-up on old karate movies. You know, Again, some of these... You could like Kung Fu is a good example. Yeah, there's like it's the scenery and stuff is karate movie stuff, but I mean it's mostly the same sort of gameplay. It's just yeah, it's that, all that, platformer. Yeah, you know how it goes. Then you've got Rezopolis. That's the last world. Uh, that's where you go to try to get to the final guy. And then uh, if you beat that world, like the hidden world is Planet X, which is like a knockoff on sci-fi. That's the world that you normally wouldn't be able to get to, but you can you can get there if you collect these certain amount of remotes. Now, when you go to these levels, you're not just trying to get to the end of the level. <clears throat> I mean, you are, but you're not. Hidden in each level is a remote control you've got to find. And you need to have this remote control to, to finish that section of, the, uh, of that, that entire level to move on to the next one. You've got Every world's got one. So if you buzz through these real quick but don't find those remotes, then you are left out in the cold. I mean, you, you have to, you'll have to go back and do it again, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. So it's it's in some ways, this has that it almost has that European feel to it when it comes to that element of the game having to redo a level because of that. Something else you'll find every level has like a secret area that you can go to. Several, uh, yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, there's one major secret area that's like, it's like a, that's like a bonus area you can go to. Uh, there's also you'll occasionally find like these bonus remotes, and there to get if you get all of those, that's when you can get to that secret world uh, that we were talking about. Uh, sound on this is good. The music on this is great. I really, I, I like the way it sounds. The Gecko makes a lot of smart like comments. He quotes a lot of movies. He'll quote Star- Scarface or Terminator. He'll make fun of people. I heard him say, uh, uh, this is worse than being Mike Tice's roommate on Valentine's Day at the prison. He has, I mean, he, he'll say some controversial stuff. Oh, yeah. He badmouths Grace Jones. <laughs> he curses as well. He well, I, I never heard him straight up curse. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> what did he say? Well, I, I'm not going to say it on the show, but he does. I never heard him curse. I heard. I have, I have heard him. I have heard him uh, 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 say some interesting things. But th- when they put him together, man, just think not the '90s and what was hot. And he'll probably have some sort of quip about it. Yeah, you know. And he he has a quip before and after every level. If he gets killed, he's got a quip. He's got quips for everything. Uh, and I will say it, they kept the quips where they don't get super repetitive. It's not like he's saying. I don't agree with you there. <laughs> well, I said super repetitive. I didn't say. I didn't say it wasn't slightly repetitive. It is super repetitive. As you go through these levels, 
uh, you can save your progress ha- you know, at certain points. Some levels, you only have one save point. Some have two. When I say save point, I mean there's Check a little points. camera. It looks like a Kodak Instamatic camera. And you'll click on it, and a flash bulb will go off. And if you die, you'll start there. So it's like a level flag. Uh, the 3DO version also lets you find videotapes. So when you find them, you can actually save your game at that point. Uh, the rest of the versions of this, Brent, for, uh, from what I read, all you can do is, is use level codes, which I thought was interesting. Uh, so the 3DO does have the advantage there. Uh, this takes nice advantage of the 3DO's uh, game controller. 3DO's got a pretty good controller. You know, I like the all the stuff that he can do. I mean, this guy, this guy has a lot of neat moves and a, a lot of unique levels. There's levels where you have to go straight up. Uh, every level has a boss uh, you, that you can fight. One level's got this awesome like uh, section where you go up the side of this cliff, and these holes in the cliff are this like demonic snake comes in and out. You have to avoid him. Get to the top of the level. That one's cool. There's one where you fight this in in the uh, cartoon level. The bad guy is called the Flatulator, and he <laughs> he goes over and he loads up with some kind of liquid, and then he basically f- farts his way around the level. And you've got to avoid him. And then when he flies, you're gonna drop anvils on him. Pretty clever. I thought that was funny. That that's that's I'd say that's decent humor that works, you know. So uh, ultimately, I think what you've got here is a wacky game uh, with a lot of charm. And but what makes this game go is that it's just a good game. Of all the platformers I've played, I'd say this is a very top shelf game in terms of its uh, what you could do in the game and and the fun you could have. It did get some sequels. Uh, at some point, they, in fact, I think they even got uh, at least one of them made it onto the 3DO. A lot of the, the problem with this game is eventually uh, the 3DO fell apart, and so they <laughs> that was the end of that. They they weren't making jack squat for the 3DO after that, and so the the uh, they had to go out and branch out onto these other platforms. I thought I don't know if this was ever supposed to have ultimately been a 3DO exclusive. I'm assuming not. Since they released other games for other systems that early, but I mean, one would th- one would think that 3DO would have tried to have sewn this guy up because he was sort of their ipso facto m- mascot for the longest time. What did you uh, What did you think of this one, Brent? I played this on the uh, on the PlayStation. Yeah, and uh, same game, uh, just yeah. a, a, a bit refined in the graphics department. Um, I think the levels in Gex are by far the shining achievement. Uh, the level design is a nice mix of exploration and uh, challenge. Unfortunately, the controls in Gex are not good. Uh, they're overly complicated. Uh, having to press down to do a tail attack and then press up and jump to bounce higher off of that uh, is just no good. It's unfortunate that they could not nail down a decent feeling control scheme uh, because the the game itself and the character outside of his quips, just his abilities, the walk on the background thing, the tail, the tongue, all that stuff is makes sense and is fun. It's fun to use. It's fun to play. Uh, but the controls are so stiff. And they're they're overly complicated. There's a button to run, a button to jump, a button to tail swing, and a button for your tongue attack. And uh, the 
combination of all that stuff, and then they throw in, uh, like I said, down to do a tail attack downward, and then you have to bounce up while holding up in the jump button to bounce off of enemies to get higher. It's not needed. It's not needed. They could have simplified that a ton. The the tail attack down should have been automatic. The uh, there shouldn't have been a run button. Uh, it, it it was just unnecessary. Also, the camera in this will not cooperate a lot of the time. It tries to, since the game allows you to traverse back and forth in the level being left and right, the camera tries to swing so you have stage in front of you if you're moving either direction. So the camera actually slides over, and instead of you being on on always on the left part of the screen, it will slide over and put you on the right part of the screen. Unfortunately, any little tap on the controller, just like you're lining up for a jump, will swing the camera in the other direction, which means that then you have to tap the other way to get it to swing back. And it's unfortunate because it makes some things much harder than they needed to be. Uh, For the humor aspect of this game, the quips repeat pretty quickly. Uh, And they... uh, he has quips depending on what level they are. So you do get fresh material every now and again. Yeah. Um, but the game's not easy due to the controls and the camera. So you are going to be playing some of the earlier level, all the levels mm. multiple times. Plus you have to explore to find the remote. Some levels, it's not that hard uh, there. It's pretty straightforward. And some levels you have to actually kind of look for stuff. Uh, and because of that, you hear the quips over and over and over. And some of them uh, are so pop culture that you, if you don't get it, you just don't get it. Uh, it tries a lot of uh, different types of jokes, some which work, some which don't. Uh, I was really surprised he was as crude as he was because um, it, it bumped this up to it was a team teen and above game. Uh, which that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But this is a game that you could have sat your, you know, nine-year-old down with, and he would have probably had a good time because it's a it's a lizard and he gets to climb and do all this stuff. But instead, they had to make him hip and cool, which bumped the age rating unnecessarily, in my opinion. Well, you got you got to think this is the age of Crash Bandicoot. Well, this job. is the, the 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 quips are very buzzed be like. Uh, the I played this with Luke. In fact, the footage we're watching this one is what me and him shot for the Luke show back in 2017. So, uh, so I think you could set your kid in front of this and not worry too much. And it's funny. One of the things is uh, some of the stuff is hard to understand what Gex is saying. It it's is always stuff that was odd. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I it's funny. I, we had different experiences with this, and I wonder if it was uh, just something with the PlayStation. I don't. I didn't have any problems with the camera at all. I never even occurred to me. And I, th- I got the controls pretty quick. I really had trouble with that at all. I no, mean, I, it, you didn't think the controls were stiff? No, not a bit. Oh, I, I thought they played were, quite I well. I thought they were incredibly on, stiff. On, on I 3-0. felt like jumping on enemies, which should be just a, you know, it's a basic thing, a basic video th- game thing, was overly complicated. It was well, overly think- complicated. To have to pull down and get the tail attack out and to... You had to be so precise on top of the on the enemies; it was unnecessary. So, 
And that's my opinion on it. I just didn't I think, think you it played have to get well. Used to, I, I think you have to get used to the controls. Yeah, I completely uh, understand that. But I, I did. And, and and I mean, listen, you're, you've got to get used to moving in those different odd ways, too. Oh, you know, I so, had no problem with that. My so biggest that's, that's problem. Part of it. My biggest problem was to bounce off enemies after the tail attack, after the, the spring attack, and uh, uh, just being able to land on enemies in general. It was part just of it stiff. might be I didn't I didn't land on enemies that much. Most of what I did was was the tail whip. I was mostly what I did. I didn't actually jump on them that much. So it could just be a different play style as well. Um, well, I will say this. Uh, this became the uh, one of, if not the best-selling game on the 3DO. Uh, no one knows for sure, but it, most people will agree this sold well over a million units on the 3DO uh, and was a was a huge deal back when it came out. Uh, the uh, uh, so it, it, you know this was like again this was like their big title. Uh, this uh, when you think 3DO, what what's the first game that comes to your mind? Is it this? Uh, no, I, you know what? I don't think I would think of anything. This is the first thing that comes to my mind with the 3DO. Uh, the second thing that comes to my mind is Star Control 2. Uh, so those are the first two games that come to mind. Having a 3DO and going through the library, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's, there are some good 3DO games. Uh, their Doom is good as well, but I think this is probably one of the best ones. Uh, critically, this game was very uh, heralded well and, and well uh, uh, said. They said a uh, game pro gave this five out of five uh, video games. Oh, that's gave ridiculous. It, gave it 10 out of 10. What? Uh, game, game fan magazine gave this a 92%. Uh, Coming soon magazine, four out of five, uh, four and a half out of five. Uh, uh, CVG gave this an 80. Uh, video games gave it an 80. Uh, Electronic playground gave it a six out of 10. So it, for the most part, it was, it was very popular. EGM called this game of the month. In uh, June of '95, and Game Fan in late '94, their late '94 edition, which must have shipped in '95, called this the best 3DO action slash platform game of the year. So this game uh, was very well received. Again, I'm surprised you didn't like it that much. I, I mean, no, I, think no, no. This is- I didn't say I didn't like the game. I didn't like the humor. I didn't. I thought the humor got a little stale. It wasn't horrible. Uh, yeah. You've got to think of the time this was released. And I you also got to think, like, this game graphically was way ahead of the curve when it came out. Yeah, I, mean, it I was agree. Re- oh, the graphics very, are you, fine. Uh, and I like, it's also, it, you've got the, it's a, they did a good job with a 2D platformer with the L, with, that gives you sort of the, a faux 3D effect with him on that back wall. And it works. I, uh, I don't think no, that's that impressive. Oh, I, th- I think it works. Like I said, I, I think this is the one that I would go out and play. Come for the game and stay for some of the wacky humor. Which no, I think is, come is for okay. the game and then leave when the humor gets annoying. At least no, that's what it's I not did. That bad. I, I think Brent's being too hard. Well, I, I, I think ten out of ten is is. Uh, I guess the check cleared. Is all I got to say about that. This oh, is a, this is a solid seven out of ten. You should probably, if you like platformers, you should probably give this a go. Maybe you won't have as much problem with the controls as I did, but. Uh, uh, if you've got saying this game a, was perfection is is a is ridiculous. Oh, well, like I said, if, you, if you've got a three day, this is a must play. Um, I will say I checked this out on on the eBay uh, to uh, to see how we were doing with the prices. This game comes in about twenty seven different boxes. <laughs> it's it's they've got a long box, they've got a short box, uh, they've got uh, a jewel case. I saw the prices fluctuate dramatically for going from twenty bucks. 
all the way up to $67 for like the long box. Why? So your, your, your mileage may vary. Well, because those long boxes oh, on e- are getting on rare. That's right, for the 3DO. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can, okay, yeah. I'll buy that. I didn't then. look up prices for the for the PlayStation, so this is for the 3DO, but overall, I think it's I think it's a, a great uh, a great and fun game. So I would give this one a shot uh, when you get a chance. So, it's all that said, Brent, you were tasked with finding and I want to stress this, a funny game. Yes. A funny game through the universe of funny games, Brent. Correct. All the hilarity that has ensued over the years. Tell the people. The, oh, by the way, we got no Discord reviews for that. Tell the people. Well, yeah, you didn't tell people you were playing <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, tell the people what hilarious games uh, that you have chosen this week. I chose Battle Chess. Battle Chess. Yes. That's the funny game you chose. That's correct. That's the funny game you picked. Absolutely. From all the funny games, you picked chess. Battle the chess. The least funny game chess. ever. What? Battle chess, chess is, is not funny. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Convince me. Huh? Con- no, I, I don't have to convince you. Oh, yeah, if you, you do. played Battle Chess, you know that it's funny. It, it has tons of funny stuff. Uh, Battle Chess, of course, Interplay Productions. This was their first game that they developed and produced everything in-house. Uh, they were under the EA flag for a very long time. This was their kind of their breakout game. This is Neuromancer. Um it was released in 1988. First came out on the Amiga. Uh, it has been out on virtually every system you can ever think of. The Amiga, the 3DO, the Acorn Archimedes, which I was going to pick that for the version to play, but I, what I, happened? I, I, I lamented. Uh, the, the Sega, uh, uh, the uh, Amiga CD32, the Amiga CD TV. The Apple II GS, Apple IIe, Atari ST, Commodore 64, DOS, FM Towns, NES, Mac OS, NEC, PC 9801, <laughs> the 68000, Windows. It were literally everything had a copy of this. Uh, and I, I don't even think that's everything. I believe should, it came out on more things. You should have played the FM Towns version. No, I shouldn't. Oh, God, please don't ever make me emulate that again. Uh <laughs> What is Battle Chess? Battle Chess is chess where you, instead of having normal, you know, pieces that you would just move around the board, it is a fully animated uh, pieces that actually walk to their position. And when you capture another piece, there's a battle scene between the two pieces. Uh, Outside of that, it is strictly chess. It has all the rules of chess. There are you can't control the battles. They're all scripted animations, depending on what piece is taking what. And uh, it is a game where you took a very simple concept of chess, and you made it appeal to the masses by having these animated features, and it was so clever. So clever when whoever thought of this, and I will actually give the the proper props. Designers were uh, Michael Quarles, Jayish Patel, and Troy Worrell. Brilliant. It was brilliant. It is so simple. You take a game as timeless as chess, and you bring in a new audience by having these pieces battle each other uh, whenever you capture them, 
And just some of them are brutal and some of them are absolutely hilarious. My personal favorite is when a rook takes a queen. The rook will just eat the queen. Just pick her up, open up his gullet because he's a, he's a big rock castle in this game and just absolutely just devour. It's great. Sort of, you know, a couple other ones you you got uh, knights will kick uh, pawns will kick knights low. Uh, Just all these hilarious animations Uh, and and even pulls from pop culture. You've got uh, the, Monty Python and the Holy Grail scene where two knights will will battle and it, it'll cut off an arm, cut off another arm, cut off a leg, and then eventually cut off the other leg and the torso will just kind of be sitting there squirming around. Uh, you've got callbacks to Indiana Jones uh, where the bishop, whenever a king takes a bishop, the, uh, the bishop will be doing all this crazy stuff and then the, the, the king will just pull out a gun and shoot him. <laughs> just... It, it, it's a perfect mix of callbacks and uh, new ideas that makes it really fun and entertaining to watch. Also, this is one of the only ways that it makes sense to watch someone play chess. I mean, actually, I enjoy watching people play chess, but that's that's not really what we're going for here. No. It's fun to watch the animations and the fights take place. Also, this has a very funny part of development. Uh, that you might not know, Aaron. So I want to go over just a little bit. Right. As you know, uh, most games, when you have a, uh, you're a developer and you're making these games, right? You know that you have to get it past your publishers and you have to present it to them. And publishers want to have, or producers, I'm sorry, Producers want to have their little their little touch on the game, right? So they can say they made it better, basically justifying their job. And uh, the developers for Battle Chess back on the Amiga knew this, right? So they did a thing where all of the Battle Chess is exactly as you see it. They had all of it just as it came to market, but they added a duck, a little sprite-based duck to the queen, and all it did was follow the queen around. It was part of her piece. And they, they put it in there specifically so that the producers would see it. And instead of trying to make them change animations or, you know, change how characters look, they looked at that duck and said, listen, we love the game, but the duck's got to go. And, and, and the guy was like, oh, okay, I'll get rid of the duck. Little <laughs> did the publishers or the producers know at the time, but the duck was just like one code and the and the duck would be boof completely out of the game. He put it in just so he could take it out because he knew that he wanted the publisher or the producers to have something that they can complain about without having to actually change the rest of the game. Very brilliant <laughs> by the way. Very brilliant. <clears throat> that is good. This like game that. sold fantastically for a chess game. Uh when it was first released, uh across multiple systems, 250,000 copies were sold. It was one of those things where they were hoping to make a little bit of money and they made a lot of money. Uh, The reviews for this were off the charts for the most part, uh, ranging in the high 80s all the way up to uh, 9 out of 10 on the Amiga version. The only version that got kind of killed was the 3DO version. People thought it was too slow 
And uh, it has also bore many sequels and many spinoffs, but official sequels had one even released as late as 2015. And holy cow, if you're a Battle Chess fan of you and you haven't seen the 2015 release, uh, you can get it on Steam as well as other platforms, I'm sure. But the animations and the upgrades are fantastic. Uh, the When a queen or when a knight takes a queen, they have a dance-off, right? And it's just awesome animation and this nice fluid stuff. And then the queen runs over and they're doing like a ballroom dance section and the knight just breaks her neck. Just real quick, just so fluid. It is the same style, the same humor uh, as the original Battle Chess with updated graphics and updated uh, uh, animations. The castle, unfortunately, is no longer a big rock monster and said they made him a big fat guy, which I'm a little disappointed about, but overall I'm okay with because uh, he's pretty funny too. Excellent game. Highly recommend if you are going to uh, play Battle Chess and you're wanting to look for the next version of it, the 2015 release is absolutely fantastic. Aaron, what did you think of Battle Chess? You know, I, when I think of this game, I have vivid memories of my buddy who had gotten an Amiga 500 and he was playing this on there and he thought it was great. He, they used to, he was a big chess guy. He and his other roommate would play chess on it a lot. Uh, it is chess yeah. with some with some cool animations. That's I mean it, it. I will say it had it did have no modem support. It had network support, which that was pretty unheard of for. I mean I don't know if there was any other chess games that did that back in the day. So that was pretty cool. Oh, and on, yeah, they in fact uh, the the uh, AI for the for the chess they had programmed in thirty thousand starting moves, uh, which. In chess, if you don't know, and I'm not a genius about it by any means, but there are you? certain uh, aspects that, that you have an opening in chess, and they're actually named. They're, they're things that you expect to see. And the Amiga version had a ton of those programmed in so that the AI wouldn't get behind early. Because uh, in chess, if you get behind early, it's tough to come back. And then after that, the AI kind of took over and and thought strategically about its moves. Uh, but that was it was a really good chess system. Some people said, oh, no, this chess system stinks. I highly disagree. Uh, it, I've seen comparisons between the Amiga's chess AI and modern chess AIs, and it does well. It doesn't win, but it can often draw games, which is pretty impressive for a game from 1988. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. What were you saying? Well, here I'm gonna and I'm I'm gonna specifically talk about the Amiga version here because I've got the most experience with that one. When we used to get this, th there were several things about this that I didn't like. Okay, one, it is uh, brain drainingly slow. The guys wander around the field like they are double slow. Okay, they are super slow to move. Then every time there's a conflict. You would hear that noise, and here come the disc access. It's loading this animation up. Because effectively, you're just watching little pre-rendered animations. It's not Archon, where you can actually control the guys and fight. You're just watching little videos, almost, little pre-rendered bits. But it, it then, once they staggered into position, then they did their little do-si-do -si -do in the square to get in the proper position for the 
the demo thing to load. Then the disc access started. Then the little animation would occur. It'd be about three or four seconds. And then the guy would do his little dosto in the thing. There'd be more loading. And then you'd turn around. When it was the computer's turn to play, you would have that little thinking man icon on the screen forever waiting for the sucker to move. I remember, as I recall, there was a force move thing you could do to make it move because you'd be there for a week. It took forever for this guy to figure out what he was going to do. This game was mega slow. And I remember it being so slow that to play an actual game of chess, and this didn't, it didn't take too long after we'd picked this up, we would just turn off the animated stuff and just play with chess pieces, which was an option. You didn't have to use the you didn't have to use the animated guys just because it, just to play a video game chess because they got so sick of waiting to, for the stuff to load. The loading on this was brutal, 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 brutal. The slowness of it was brutal. Was it cool looking? Yes. Was it occasionally for a fleeting few seconds amusing? Yes. I will give you that. But what wasn't amusing was waiting two minutes for the three seconds of amusement. Fail. I know. I think you're being overly harsh. The loading I, I, on this was not great. It's it's no. But, but it, you haven't played it like I have. Yes, I have. I have played it on an slow. original. Amiga. Well, your memory is hazy. It was slow. It, it was, was slow as heck. Here's the thing, Aaron. Here's the thing with chess, right? There's plenty to do while you're waiting for it to load. If what? you aren't <laughs> looking at the board and figuring out what you're gonna do, then you're not playing chess, you're just moving pieces. Listen, so, don't I give me this agree. crap. If you look at this as a game, you're saying that other games that are slow, it's that's what is the time and while you're waiting for this to load, is that when you contemplate life? No, or something you or, or out write what you're the great do. American novel. I mean, come on, man. Come on, Aaron, you're kidding me here. If you aren't okay, I will agree the first, say, six moves, right, are pretty slow because you're you're getting your opening strategy. And yeah, you're still trying to counter what the other guy does, but it's you're you're move you're moving pawns, you're moving knights, you're moving bishops, you're getting things in position. But once things actually get to where both sides are kind of set up to their opening, uh, you should be looking at the board and going, okay, if I do this, he's probably going to do this, but I can force that, and that takes up. I had no problems. The only thing that annoyed me was the very first move the computer makes after you move a pawn takes too long because it usually takes about two minutes for it to make its very first opening move. That is the only time, because I played like six games of this, uh, totally from beginning to end on multiple difficulty levels. Now, if you crank the AI up to like level 10 it goes from level one to level 10 and then there's a novice setting i typically played at one or two or novice uh if you crank it up to 10 yes the ai overthinks everything it is incredibly slow i'm not good enough to play at 10 I, i'm a level one or two type of guy but while it's loading or thinking I'm sitting there looking at the board, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. The animations is sort of a reward for doing uh, good or a, a consolation prize for doing bad, which I love about it. My absolute biggest complaint about the game is that the squares that the, that the pieces are standing on are too small. And sometimes it is difficult to see uh, diagonals. If a, if a piece is on a square or on the square behind it, if you have a bunch of pieces lined up, that's literally my 
only complain about Battle Chess. Listen, is Battle Chess a stone cold class? Yes, uh, um, it is because it did something very. It was a big seller. It it showed off the Amiga in a very good light, and eventually everything else looked pretty good. I believe the PC version this even had that real sound stuff. You didn't even need a yes. sound card, which is, that was pretty cool because I remember playing this on the PC. But it, listen, uh, today you go back and play this for about ten minutes, and then you're gone because it's too slow. No, I don't. I and hold on a second, like give me a chance hours. to talk. Give me a chance to talk before you butt in again with your with your propaganda because that's all it is. Don't give me this crap. This is the time where you contemplate your move, baloney. You contemplate your move in real chess, regardless of the 20 hours of load time or the 50 hours of a guy getting in a position to hit the other guy. No. You would, you would, no one in their right mind would use this as their primary means of playing computer chess. It, it was a novelty. It was entertaining for the first couple times you did it, but then it was a novelty. And then ultimately... If you wanted to play chess on the computer, you would turn off all the animated stuff and just play straight up chess. I, I can forgive some of the stuff. The AI takes as long to move because of the, the fact that it's just a it was a fairly complicated piece of kit working on an older machine. I can understand that. But at the end of the day, this is not one you're going to go back to and play chess on. It's just not. I don't recommend going back to play chess on it. You can go to YouTube and find a video of all the guys fighting. And, and watch that, and you can be amused by it, and you'll get, and that's all you need to do. It comes to actually playing chess on it, not just no, but hell no. I absolutely, fundamentally disagree. This no kidding. Do I think that this is the number one grade A serious chess man's way of playing chess? No, of course not. But if you want to casually play chess, if you want to sit down and have a couple good games of chess. This is a good filler between entertainment and serious chess play. And I think that's exactly what it's supposed to be. I don't think slowness is a factor at all. At all. I really don't. Outside of, like I said, that opening move, or if you play at the tip-top difficulty, I don't see slowness being the problem well, at all. I disagree. Because even if you load this like on a modern Amiga with WHD loads, it's still slow. It's it's just it's been fundamentally built and baked into the game. You know, Aaron. You know? I honestly, when I was playing this, I never, <clears throat> never once outside of the opening move thought this is slow. That that's it, because it's you're crazy. slow. It's it's, you like this is the pace you move at in real life. You are the turtle man. I, this is for the rest of us. We don't have time to sit around and wait for the double dose you do in the corner after we load for ten minutes. No, this is it. what I think. I think you just go in and play chess by moving pieces. I don't think you have any strategy. I don't think you have any foresight. And for that, you are just moving pieces, and then you want to see the animations. So you just all you do is position your pieces so you can take another piece. Let me ask I you think a question. That's what the difference right. is. Did you when you got when you played this back in the day? Did you ever purposely get two pieces together to see what happened? Of course. Enough said. Enough said. That's good. That's <laughs> it. You got anything else? Yeah. If that is your closing argument, that's I'm one hundred percent happy don't with act, that. Don't act like I don't know how to play. I was on the chess team. I played chess, and I'm telling you, this is not this is not the chess you're going to want to play. I was ranked in chess back in the day. So man. I think you're still ranked. Move on. Did you get an eBay on this or anything? Uh, this can be found for. I mean, dollars. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, I will say, did you ever play the sequels to this? Uh, the Chinese chess. Oh no, called? no, no! Because I play chess to play chess. 
So. I will say, I got to, <laughs> I find that hard to believe. I, I, this thing did get ripped off, too. I believe there was like a Star Wars version. I don't know if these guys, I don't know if it was the same people that did it. Well, no, I there, seen a Star there Wars was an actual ripoff version called Battle versus Chess that went to court uh, because the name was too close. Uh, and they ended up having to change the name for the U.S. release to Check versus Mate. Uh, but Check versus Mate, that game sucks. Too. That name's horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's been obviously tons of these. Uh, there's, yeah, there's Star Wars versions. There's Terminator versions. Uh, and I personally think they missed an opportunity. I think this is a game that they could have released uh, every two or three years with updated graphics and updated animations, and I think it would have sold well. They could have updated really speed, do. too. If you're going to play a game like this, crank up Al Archon or Archon 2 Adapt, which is, I love Archon 2 Adapt. It's completely different games. Yeah, those games are fast-paced and fun. This one's not. No, those games aren't chess. This is chess. Yeah, exactly. All righty. Right. There you go. There you go. I think on that sour note, we will just get right onto the wheel. Nothing else needs to be said, fam. All right, Brent. Oh, by the way, that wasn't a funny game either. I, should, I forgot I forgot to mention that. All right. The animations are hilarious. No, it wasn't hilarious. The, the this week, the retro cuts off the, the king's clothing. The retro he's all rewind. naked. That's the funny. The retro rewind this week is the Jupiter Ace, Brent. And we've okay. added Bizarro Spin this week. You know what that means. I don't I don't remember, actually. Brent will tell us. Here we go. Ugh. That's the spinning wheel grunt. And we have a winner. What do we got? Oh, this has got a big, long name, so you know it's trouble. Game Boy Color versus Neo Geo Pocket Color. It's a versus episode, Brent. Oh, gosh. Okay, Aaron, which one of those two would you like to take? I will leave it up to you, sir, since you've whined so much today. Whined? Listen, you don't like being caught out in the carpet, do you? Uh, I will play. I so I got to pick. I've got to pick Neo. I've got to pick Game Boy Color versus uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color. I will be Neo Geo Pocket Color. Okay. By God, I will go out on a limb on this one and be Neo Geo Pocket Color. And I'll have to learn a lot about that system because I don't know much about it. So that'll be fun. So this is a versus episode. We're just gonna go, we're just gonna keep fighting some more next week. Then is that the way it's gonna go down? <laughs> it appears so. <laughs> This is a wacky one. This is another one of yours. Uh, uh, so we'll see how it goes. I, I, I hope I just don't go out there and get massacred. So, but I mean, I, that would be fair since you got massacred this week. Uh, Brent, do you have any final parting thoughts before we take this to the house? You want to mention your co your contest one last time? Well, it's not my contest. It's our contest. The contest. Well, you're running the show with the contest. Well, I know because. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that thought to myself. Uh. Next week, we're going to be picking people out of live chat and uh, Twitter followers. So be sure to show up next week and follow us on Twitter. Like I said, I'm not going to spam your Twitter to the nines. Uh, I usually just post show-related things and little extra tidbits. So uh, And battle chess highlights aplenty. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it wouldn't oh. be. Hey, thanks everybody for showing up today. We had a good crowd in the old uh, chat room or rainy here. Real good crowd. Uh, we appreciate you guys popping in and uh, checking us out. Again, we'll be back next week with this wacky with this wacky piece, Game Boy Color versus Neo Geo Pocket Color. A wacky, that'll be a one wacky episode right there, in my humble opinion. So, with all that said, 
Have a nice, safe week. And for God's sakes, set aside time for Battle Chess. A lot of time. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Ram, W. Vetke, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rechmason, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroology, Hermsky, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay, too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.